Hello all and welcome back to episode 3 of the Mindside Podcast with me, Dr. Robert Seaborn and Dr. James Moorhead. And on this episode, this time around, we had the honour of speaking to former professional rugby league player, Dom Crosby. Yeah, now this was a very tough conversation. Um, personally, I know Dom well as a, as a friend and as a player. I've worked with at Warrington Walls. What this man has had to go through the last few years of his life um, has been very tough indeed. Dom openly talks about the loss of his baby daughter um, and also the struggles and very difficult times that that uh, was brought with it. And I don't want to go into too much detail about it now, would hope anybody listening to this takes motivation and certainly inspiration that even when the going gets very tough there is always a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Before we start we'd just like to say a quick thanks to our sponsors Fuel Hub. Um, Fuel Hub are a healthy chef prepared meal service delivering anywhere in the UK directly to your door and the quality of these meals are brilliant um, at a fraction of the price from a restaurant uh, that you may normally pay. And personally, I've been using them for months. Um, they've helped me a lot during the busy working days and obviously go hand in hand with the training as well. Yeah, so for now, sit back, listen to me, James and Dom himself. Um, and you can find more of our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Twitter or online. Welcome all. Um, it's the evening recording session here for a, another episode of the Mindside Performance Podcast with me, uh, Robert Seaborn, and my good mate James Moorhen. And we're delighted today to be joined by uh, Dom Crosby, ex-pro rugby player, um, who's going to be talking to us about um, a very heart-wrenching story about bereavement, but also his journey through it all and what it's taught him um, and how he's managed to to come through the other side with some positives to take from it. So um, I pass over to James and and let the let the questions un, unfold. Yeah, nice. Thanks, Rob. Um, evening, Dom. How are we? Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good. Thank you. Are you? Yeah, all good. Thanks, mate. All good. So look, me and you know each other well. We we had. Um, a good couple of years at Warrington together, where um, I did my best to get you in the best shape I possibly could. <laughs> yeah. um, but for, for those who aren't aware of, of you and who you are and where you've come from, could you just give a quick background um, as to as to who Don Crosby is? Yeah, so um, I'm a Wigan lad, uh, first and foremost. Um, I started at Wigan Warriors, uh, played seven seasons there professionally. Um, I was lucky enough to play in, you know, four grand finals and um, won two, lost two. Um, the two I did win was against uh, was against Del Boy's team, so yeah. that was a a bit of a bragging rights over over Del Boy. Um, and then I went to Warrington uh, for two years, uh, and then Leeds. Um, and unfortunately, in two thousand and eighteen, I had um, I had an injury, um, and I thought it was nothing at first. Um, went in for a routine operation, um, expecting to be out to be four to six weeks, and you know um, after that, through multiple into, uh, m- multiple operations, uh, it forced me to retire um, in two thousand and twenty. Um, so after that, um, you know, I decided to to start a coffee shop um, with one of my good mates from Leeds, and um, I'm now head of year nine at a high school in Bradford. 
um, which I'm thoroughly enjoying. Um, it's it's a, it's a lot different than what I'm used to, but um, but yeah, I think I'm learning and evolving as as it, as it goes on. Yeah, amazing, amazing. So surely the um, the some of those year nine troublesome students are just like some of the Warrington boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's why I um, I think that's why I excel so much in the in the head of year department because you know I'm used to dealing with all them uh, all the little um, the little shits at Warrington and stuff. So do they um, um do, do any of the year nine? give you any like uh, stick or banner or anything because you're obviously what six foot four six five or something pro ex-pro rugby player do they kind of like give you a bit of banner or are they a bit too too shy about it no they do to be fair they give, they give as good as they get yeah um, it's in the middle of uh it's in the middle of bradford so you um the geographical you know point of it is 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 the the, the lads lads and um you know they really do give it me, but uh, they keep me on my toes. But it's it's, it's all in good jest, and mm. um, you know it's something. As I said before, I really I really enjoy, and um, I think you know from 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 what I've experienced and what I've been through, you know if I can help these kids, you know um, in any way possible from what I've been through or um, any advice I can give to make their life, you know. Um, a bit more successful to make a better decision, then that's ultimately my goal. So mm. I think that's why I fitted in the role so good. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thriving really, and I'm enjoying it. Albeit it's it's been a, it's been quite it's been quite difficult, and um, I've had I've had you know some tough times over the last last couple of years with, with the injury. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm back to a point where I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty decent. Yeah, nice. And how's um how's the coffee shop going? You know, what what's it called and, and whereabouts is it? Is it centre of Leeds? Yeah, it's in the middle of Leeds, so it's uh, it's near around their perch. So when when I signed at Leeds from Warrington, um I signed at Leeds from Warrington, um I was going through um a bit of a tough time, um and asked for um a release from Warrington and Leeds came in luckily and um I was on loan there for six months. Um, and after that six months, they offered me a three-year deal, and um, I thought without commuting down the M62 for three hours a day or four hours a day, however, however long it took me, depending on traffic, I'd move up there. And um, me and one of my good mates, Liam Sutcliffe, um, you know, seen a shop in in the middle of Leeds, um, and it was perfect. You know, it was quite busy, so um, we uh, decided to to venture into the coffee shop, and it's called Oscada. Uh, my son is Oscar, and uh, my daughter's who passed away in two thousand and seventeen is Ada. So um, it's something what means a real a real lot to me, and um, I think it's something what Ada's legacy will will live on by by that name. So I'm really proud of it, and um, it's a work in progress at the moment. It's uh, we've been hit by a bit of um, bit of problems due to lockdown and all the tier structures, but. You know, I've I've been through worse, and you just got to adapt in in times like these, and just you know keep going as as they say. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and um, yeah, I've only just realised the connection of the name there, so that's <laughs> a, a lovely little touch, lovely. So look, this um, the, the podcast that we do is is all about uh, speaking to individuals from different backgrounds about 
periods in their life where they faced adversity, setbacks or obstacles and, and people that are open and willing enough to talk about it. Um, I obviously know you, Dom, quite well and, and I, I know your, your background and, and the setback, the massive setback that you had. But w would you be able to just share with us this evening, you know, what that was um, and, and just, I guess, describe that critical moment in your, in your life, mate? Yeah, so um, I moved to I moved to Warrington from from Wigan after after the grand final in um, 2016. So for the 2017 season, um, I felt like I needed a change, um, and you know I had aspirations of you know playing for England and, and, and excelling in my career, and I just felt like I needed a change, and um, that's where myself and and you and you doubt you know made made a decent relationship and. It was probably one of the best best pre-seasons I've had, uh, to be fair. Um, my missus was um, due. Uh, she was pregnant. Um, and on March the 4th, um, Ada, Ada, um, Ada came. And, um, you know, obviously I was ecstatic at the time. Um, it was I think it was around the first game of the season. Um, I trained later that day. Uh, just a bit as a bit of a recovery session, and and the day after, I got a phone call off off uh, off my wife. She was, um, you know, quite distressed. Well, very distressed. She was crying, and um, I recognised that there was something. You know, there's a real problem, and um, she just mentioned that you know you, you've got to come in. Ed is an intensive care. Um, something's wrong with her heart, um, and I I was at that time up in the car seat and. Um, Baby chewing to 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 pick them both up, so I've I've gone I've gone to the hospital, um, and obviously been hit with the shock of um, seeing my daughter in, you know, um, a cubicle in, in intensive care with tubes coming out of her. So I've gone from from one high, uh, you know, the highest of the high. On I don't think there's, there'll ever be a, a prouder moment as I've ever have, or nothing will ever be um, aired coming. Um, to probably one of the lowest lows. Um, so yeah, um, she got uh, she got transferred to Alder here um, in Liverpool um, just because it's more of a specialist um, kids hospital. Um, and throughout the process, um, she went to the high dependency unit, um, and we stopped that throughout, throughout all the process. So um, the we spoke to specialist cardiologists and they said you know um we're, we're very confident that it's just a routine operation you know everything will be fine and uh in between in between the times i knew that warrington were going through you know we weren't doing so well so uh i was training in between um so i'd stop at older hay in liverpool uh train and then come back and then just check everything's okay um and you know after i think it was three or four operations um she sadly passed away um i remember I, re I recall the time where um i was in bed and i heard the phone ring about um about two in the morning um and the doctor said you know i think you should come in and i kind of i kind of knew and I, I was just saying is everything okay you know there's um is everything okay? Is everything okay with Ada? And he just said, I think I think you've got to come in. So as I've gone in, she's um, 
she's had two cardiac arrests in front of me, um, which was, you know, for any parent, uh, it's not something you know you, you, know, you want to see. Um, and it, and it was quite it was quite difficult. Um, so after that, she was on um, ECMO, which was um, it's life support. Um, and this is just a brief. There was obviously more. There's, there's more to the process uh, to it, but I don't want to go into detail because of because of because of other things. But um, she was on ECMO, and you know, um, her chest was cut open. You know, and basically she was she was passing away, um, and I felt so helpless and and um, responsible for it. You know, and. Um, it's difficult speaking about it because I still feel a sense of um, responsibility. You know, she's she's my uh, she's meant to be my girl, and you know, I've not I've not been able to protect her the way I wanted her to. But um, but yeah, she we had a word with um, the priest at the time, so she she got baptized before she passed away. So I made sure of that. Um, and sadly, you know, six weeks after she was born, she she passed away. So. Um, yeah, it was pretty difficult, left us, you know, really empty. Um, we just moved into a new house, uh, a bigger house, um, because we wanted to, to kind of upgrade our house and make it into a bit of a family home. And, um, yeah, yeah, it was pretty difficult that, that, that few days and, and it still is to this day, but, um, that's just kind of a brief, um, a brief outline of what happened and, uh, what went on throughout throughout the time in the hospital throughout the six weeks I was there. Yeah, well, look, mate. Thanks for for sharing that with us and um, and and just taking us on that journey. I guess I, I'm, I can hear how difficult it must be to talk about it. And I suppose when I talk about dad, sometimes you you know it does bring back a lot of memories mm-hmm. and it makes you reflect in that acute moment again. Um, so look, mm-hmm. thanks, thanks for that. Really, really kind of special for you to share that. I, I suppose now now that we're aware of what that critical moment is, being uh, an ex-rugby player like you are, when, when you get, you know, a, a yellow card or a simbin or a red card, like you have that, you have that acute red mist moment. You have that acute initial reaction mm-hmm. whereby you, you've seen red. So mm-hmm. in, in that situation, you know, you're not on the rugby field anymore. It, it's not the physical collision of the sport. Can, can you describe what your initial reaction is in, in that moment? Um, emptiness. Um, I just felt, um, you know, I've never been one to, um, this is the first podcast I've done because I've always been hesitant to of doing podcasts and um, I wanted to do it in the right setting but um, you know I, I probably questioned my will to live if, if I'm being honest um, I felt so much guilt that um, you know I couldn't I um, I couldn't help help my daughter and um, yeah it was difficult mate it was um, it was tough I just felt I just felt empty I felt, I felt, I could feel, I felt nothing. I, I just felt nothing without her, and I felt guilt, um, and you know, I felt like I should have been there more because in between, 
you know, when she was in hospital, I was trying to play because the team was, you know, going through quite a tough period. Um, and, you know, on the way to games and before games, I was getting upset and, you know, crying and, um, in the toilets trying to get up for a game. And, um, but yeah, just probably um, just emptiness and guilt and, you know, not wanting to be here anymore. And, and, and that's not, that's not an exaggeration and I've never, I've never, you know, seriously thought about it or, you know, in gone to do it. But um, I've said it previous to previous people, you know, and I, I, I understand why people, mm. you know, do commit suicide. Um, mental health is a real, is, is real, uh, whether you think it or not. And you never know what someone's going through. And at that time, um, the overriding emotions was just, you know, just pure guilt um, and, and just emptiness. I felt, I felt, I felt, you know, like I, I, I could have just done more. But um, yeah, it, it was difficult, man. Yeah, very yeah. difficult. Yeah, we had so the first podcast episode me and James did was with Brad Dwyer, who was talking about kind of anxiety and stuff derived from his his birthmark and mm-hmm. what that and kind of basically how that caused him to get a bit depressed every now and again and he said the same thing that although he he never would he, he'd never put himself in a place to do it he said he could uh relate to people who thought about you know just ending things or they're not wanting to be here anymore because he understood how the whole emotion of everything just became so overwhelming that it can put somebody in that sort of frame of mind really and he said the same thing, like, although he, he don't think he ever got to that point, he could see certainly why people would do it. Um, and I think that as a message, just to show that two ex or two pro rugby lads have that emotion going on, it's obvious to see when you think about it, but it's kind of one of those which is stigmatised maybe a little bit because pro rugby lads kind of aren't always um, supposed to show emotion or something you know, like that really, are they? No, yeah, yeah, I totally agree with you. You know, you, it's definitely stigmatised, you know, you're put on a pedestal, mm. you know, to be tough. And um, I was, you know, <laughs> I was probably known, especially in my rugby, to uh, my position was, you know, kind of a, a physical position. And I, I probably wanted to impose myself on the game more times, more times than not. So, um yeah, to feel to feel like that, I, I, it was pretty difficult, um, and I just felt empty, and I, and I, I can totally, you know, understand why people mm. do contemplate it and do do think about it, and you know, no matter how many materialistic possessions you have, or you know, in my case, or in other people's case, children, you have, you know, mental health is real, um, and you know, there's there's ways to combat it, but. Some people don't know yeah. how to combat it, um, and I think by doing this and you know destigmatizing it and talking about it more openly on on different platforms, it'll it'll met it'll make people more aware and give more importance yeah. on on the positivity of of, of talking to people and um, making people aware of your emotions because you know. You, you kind of a robot in rugby league, you know. You're a piece of meat, whether you know you, you think it or not. You know you, you're playing well. You know everyone's on your 
everyone's on your everyone's on your side. You play bad, you know. You you you're the worst thing. You're the worst thing ever, and that's how it is. Um, and I've 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 slowly learned that, um, and I learned it when I retired, um, and and when I was injured. Um, but but yeah, um, mm. I totally agree with you, and I totally agree with with what Brad said. Um, you know, although I never you know, seriously f- contemplated it or, you know, planned it, I could understand and yeah. I can fully understand why people do, you know, commit suicide. Yeah. 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 So I suppose just as we ref- reflect back, Dom, um, you know, we're, we're, we're here now in 2021, you know, Bojo's impending a, a lockdown on us all again, mm-hmm. but looking back at that period that real turbulent time of your your playing career but also your life as an individual how, how do you think that you you handled the situation i mean it's look i for one you never plan on losing your dad as early as you lose your dad yeah you, you almost mm-hmm. get thrown in at the deep end and you yeah, yeah, you, you, you deal with it the way you deal with it and you can't really plan for it and suppose what I'm trying to um, uncover here is is you know how how did you deal with that um at first I was probably um I didn't want to show any emotion in front of Megan my wife um so we were stopping at my mother-in-law's at the at the time um and I couldn't I couldn't sleep um so I was getting upset and I'd be out from uh, six in the morning, I'd come in at 10 at night and I literally, I couldn't even tell you to this day what I was doing. Um, I, I, I don't know what I, I don't know what I'd be, I, I don't know what I'd be doing. Um, but the initial stages, I probably did some stuff what um, I probably shouldn't have done, you know, um, distance myself away from Megan a bit. Um, go out a bit more often than I was meant to be. Um, and the overriding feeling I got is I didn't want to feel the way I was feeling. So if something or anything could change the way I was feeling, I was willing to do it. Um, which, you know, I think is, is natural in, in any way, but as time went on and, um, as I progressed and I, I wanted to, um, I reflected and I thought, you know what, I've, I've just got to look at it, you know, in the face for what it is and, and, and crack on with things, you know. Um, and I remember having a conversation with my cousin and um, she said that everything happens for a reason. And um, we had a pretty big, no, I won't say argument, but a difference of opinions. And I said, I disagree because, you know, I don't believe that God or whoever has put you know has put me through this pain you know who, who's put me through the heartache and my family through through what we've been through um but now i do believe that everything happens for a reason and to this day as as weird as it sounds Ada passing away has made me a better person it's made me a better father it's made me a better friend a better husband and it's given me more purpose in life um and in, in regards to your question, going back, I was I was nervous. I remember the first the first day I went back to to Warrington training. I had to 
I never had to, but I put a, I put a, I put a text in the group, the WhatsApp group, and I just said, listen, lads, I don't want any of you to treat me any differently. You know, give me any sympathy or, you know, I just want to crack on and have a crack and, and, and we'll go for it kind of thing. Um, and as the weeks went on, I, I tried to play and I was in no frame of mind. And, um, you know, all credit to Warrington. The, they said I needed my shoulder operated on that year and, and they said, you get your shoulder operator and, and, and come back next year and, um, and and do your thing kind of kind of stuff, kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, that happened. And in them in them times, I probably had a lot of time to, to reflect and, and build my uh, self-care routine, my toolbox, as I, as I like to call it. You know, um, I think everyone should have, you know, a resilience toolbox, you know, and, and, and the toolbox is something that, you know, you know something, if you dip into your toolbox when you're having a bad day, you know that I make you feel better. So I tinkered with it. I did stuff what was at my comfort zone, meditation, reading, podcast, knowledge, you know, um, as you as you know, Dad, I'm pretty, um, I like to know stuff. I'm, I'm pretty meticulous in, in what I want to do. Um, so I kind of just delved into, delved, delved out my comfort zone and, and did stuff what um, I never did. And, and that really helped. And I, and I developed a, a self-care routine, what I thought was was beneficial for me. And um, I think for all of it, it's just, um, you, you've got to be open to be vulnerable. You know, I think I think mm-hmm. that, that, is, that is the true definition of resilience is, um, being vulnerable, opening yourself up, telling people your thoughts and feelings, you know, in rugby and and, and everyday life, being resilient is all the ability, the ability to bounce back from situations, and you know, uh, the, the gladiatorial way of um, living. But you know, how are you going to bounce back from a situation, you know, when you've been through something so traumatic? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it, you know, for some people. It, it might lead to suicide, it might lead to, to drugs, to alcohol, but I found it was opening myself up to people and friends, what what could help me. And um, Jack, as you know, Jack Hughes, the, 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 captain, of, the captain of Warrington, and, and Liam Farrell, who's, who's at Wigan, um, they helped me massively. And um, I can't thank them enough because if it wasn't for them, I don't know, you know, and especially my wife, you know, I, I don't know where I'd be, um, but yeah, it was just it was just kind of focusing on my self care routine uh, and my resilience toolbox and and building that up. Um, and I think you know, like like you mentioned, it's inevitable. Everyone has bad days. You know, everyone has bad months, bad years. You know, it's it'd be weird if everything was was all perfect because you wouldn't be able to appreciate the good times. Mm. Um, and I think the the word depression and, and and mental illness gets gets thrown about a bit too much in my opinion. I think it's you know just because someone's having a bad day or a bad week, it doesn't necessarily mean you've got a mental illness or you're depressed. You know you've got to reflect on yourself, on your habits, your daily habits. Are you giving you yourself every chance to feel better? And that goes from your physical mm. well-being, your mental well-being, your positive influences in your life, your sleep. You know, it, it, there's there's a number of factors what you can what what you can use to make yourself feel better, um, and and they're all proven. 
yeah. you know. So um, another thing what is scientifically proven is having gratitude, you know, uh, it, it, and, and that is actually scientifically proven. So every morning I wake up and I, and I write one gratitude a day, at least one gratitude, and it could be as little as nature, you know. It, 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 it's humbling, it's... Um, you know, it's great being out in nature. It could be a roof over your head, you know, family. Um, so it kind of helps put things into context a bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it puts things into perspective. And, yeah, yeah. And, and, I, and I say it, and I say it with, and I really do mean this, you know, and um, it might be just because it's well documented that because of my position that I was in at the time that... Um, it was so severe and and it was severe, but there's a lot of people going through worse. There's a lot of people who's who's lost children, you know, through through one thing or another. And um, if I can help anyone or, you know, to deal better with the hardships of their life, then I'm willing to do that. But yeah, I think I think the way the way I dealt with it was was just putting the ownership on myself and um building my self-care routine and my resilience toolbox as i like to call it and and keep working on that and that's not to say that listen i, I feel good every day because I, some days you wake up and it's it's natural to to feel a bit of shit and to to feel rubbish and um i mean we we was lucky enough to to have oscar 14 months after ada passed away and um i've never been as screwed in my life as for that process um when that was happening, you know, we went to numerous scans, went to, uh, it was called a rainbow clinic where you have weekly checks to see if, you know, everything's uh, there. We had, we've had blood tests by a specialist in London to see if it was genetic. Um, so it was scary. Um, I'm still scared to this point because my wife's pregnant now and, um, you know, we had a miscarriage earlier in the year. So it's, it's been, it's been, it's been a pretty whirlwind whirlwind uh few years um my granddad let you know in 2017 he, he he passed away and you know on my birthday i had to carry him down um at the funeral which was which was pretty difficult so um but but i, I truly believe you know I, I never i never believed in god um previously but but i do now and i think that um everything happens for a reason and um it it's just it's just it's just meant to be um and it's just a test it's just a test of my character and i'll always you know um i'll always come out on top and and, yeah. and try and try and use my use my tools to to combat whatever comes my way that so the the, the toolbox idea is again something that brad um mentioned and is really like me and james spoke about it the other day as well is like really um a brilliant analogy for people to use um going forward for anybody out there who, who's struggling to come to terms with something or struggling to deal with something that toolbox idea is brilliant um mm. i'm just thinking like when when you obviously were going through the bereavement with ada did you already have this idea of a toolbox installed or was it that process and then so when you were going through that originally were you aware or could did you understand all of the emotions and the whole uh, sort of scenario you were in at the time? Or was it 
because of that whole process and as you said you know it's a couple of weeks or months afterwards that you reflected on everything and then was it at that point where you then slowly started to understand what was going on and then build that toolbox yeah it was probably because it was probably after it yeah. it was probably because i was doing stuff to not feel the way i wanted to what was probably unhealthy um and then when i was reflecting i didn't want to feel the way i did so mm. that's when i i came up with uh, um the, the the toolbox me and um it, it, it's funny how it's funny how life works at, at warrington we had a welfare manager um nigel o'fleary um nigel flarity um and at the time uh, i was speaking to him um and i couldn't get anything out of him um i never you know related because he'd never been through what i'd been through so it was in through one ear out through the other but um sadly six weeks later his son christopher i'm sure he, he won't mind me saying um he, he tragically passed away from um from an overdose um which was which was pretty hurtful and um, ever since then he's probably become more of a more of a father figure to me and that's where me and nigel came up with the the resilience toolbox mm -hmm. and we've done we've done a few workshops on it um and we try and try and encourage people to use it but you know the toolbox for me was um after after the grief and after i went through all the sadness and all the emptiness because i didn't want to feel the way i did so it was either me googling or um you know talking to people they have dealt with stuff or um the way i the way i you know probably benefited mostly is if someone's been in my position and lost a child i'd have more of it's like i knew them you know mm. it, it was kind of a weird connection we'd had because i knew what they'd been through they knew what i was going through but if someone said you know put their arm around me and tap me you know everything's going to be all right well it's not because you don't know you you don't know how i'm mm. feeling um so yeah it was probably it's probably gradual and it still is gradual you know there's still days where um i miss her you know it's a birthday in march um you know christmas is a difficult one and when people ask you how many children you've got um that's a that's a pretty difficult one and um yeah it's tough but in, in terms of your question it, it, it's, it's probably it's probably it was probably after after all the grief had happened yeah. Yeah. um that i i kind of decided to take ownership on myself and i didn't want to feel the way i was feeling because it, it was so toxic and I, you know i did i didn't know where i'd probably end up if i never did it yeah. um so i started doing stuff out of my comfort zone and um doing stuff for for myself really Hmm. so you say you, so it's looking back like further looking back then on the whole thing so now we're as james said several years down the line and you've got um another kid oscar who's a uh, couple of years old now yeah he is two and a half yeah, yeah and um so the t it's kind of weird what three years on three three and a half years on or something now so looking back then and and really trying to like analyze the whole scenario then what do you think and you said you like it was that moment of grief after after the grief it really taught you to build this toolbox mm -hmm. 
So what what uh, apart from the toolbox idea, what do you think you learn about who you kind of were as a person? Because you said right at the start that you think you've kind of grown as a person because of it. Um, what, yeah. Um, yeah. I've 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 I say it to everyone, and it, it sounds weird, and like I mentioned before, I'm, I'm a better person for it, and it might sound a bit weird, but I feel more um, empathetic to people's situations. I want to help people a bit more. Yeah. Um, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, you know, I wanna make a legacy. I wanna, I wanna help people. I'm in, I'm in the middle of um, trying to start a charity up for Ada and 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 um, build funds for um, Tommy's baby research to raise um, awareness on baby loss and um, raise money for mental health um, charities. So. Um, yeah, it's probably made me a better father because um, it's probably made me a more cautious father. I'm the soft one within the I'm the soft one within the um, within the parenthood, but um, is it is a bit of a daddy's boy. But um, it, every day, every day I wake up, I'm grateful for him to 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 be in my life, and <clears throat> he knows about Ada. I talk about him all the time and every time I ask him who's your sister, he says Ada, you know, and we go to her grave regularly and um, she'll always be with me in, in, in my heart and on my shoulder. So um, that, that's, that's how I view it. You know, I don't view it as though she's, um, at the time at the funeral, um, you know, when I, when, when I buried her, I just thought, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't really like going at first because, um, you know, she's she's obviously under the ground and stuff, and she's not there. But as time went on, and I kind of learned stuff, it was um, she's with me every day. You know, the signs what people might not understand there's robins what come in my garden, there's feathers what drop on my desk, and I just think that's just a, a sign of her, you know, being with me. And um, yeah. I'm I'm just I'm just a bit more empathetic to, mm. to situations and I want to help people a bit more. Does um, that all stem from the the gratitude things that you do? Because it all sounds like when you the gratitude thing that you said earlier was just taking notice of like smaller things around, and like you said with the robins flying in your back garden, and it makes you think mm. of is that all jerking stemming from the gratitude stuff that you do? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Th- I think gratitude is in you know. I think gratitude's the main thing for, for everything. You know, I think you can I think everyone can be grateful for something. I think, you know, um there's times in life where you dealt quite difficult cards, um, you know, quite harsh cards, you know, especially with what's gone on in the last, you know, year or so with, with COVID and stuff and certain multiple members of families dying, but um you can still be grateful, you know, you 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 think about it. You wake up. You can be grateful for your first breath. Mm-hmm. You know. You can be grateful that you've got food in your mouth. You can claws on your back. You know. There's so much things you can be grateful for, and it just brings a bit of perspective on your life, rather than you know. It's so easy to get trapped in the social media and comparing yourself to someone's perfect life or um, justification through social media on how many likes you get or a vision you have of yourself and. I look at it though. Uh, there's 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 a time where Ada passed away. I went off social media for about six months, and because 
everything I viewed on whether it be news, newspaper or social media was all negative. So, so I just, I never got it. Um, and it just refreshed me a bit, but, but yeah, the gratitude, I have a gratitude journal. Um, there's a gratitude jar, what me and Nigel bought in at um, Leeds Rhinos were at the beginning of every week. Um, we wrote, uh, we, we tried to get every player right on a post-it note, what you're grateful for. Um, and, and, and it's quite powerful, you know, it changes your mood. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, there's a gratitude um, letter. I don't know if I don't know if any of you have seen it. I sent one to Jack. I did I did a bit of a, a bit of a thing with RL Kurz about a gratitude letter to Jack on um, about how much it, it meant to me with him being there. And it kind of when you write a letter to someone about how grateful you think they are in your life, it kind of solidifies it and it means something a bit more than rather saying it because it can't be lost in translation. You know, so whenever you are having a bad day. You can always look to this gratitude journal and think that you know what people do think a lot about me because there's times where i've you know felt like shit and you know um felt like my world's going end and you know i've got a lot of people who think a lot about me um so yeah i think i think a lot of it is gratitude based yeah. um, and perspective based and and the position you're in and um I've not played since 2018. I retired in August 2020, so I've not played for I've not played for two years. So I was in rehab for two years. I had you know multiple operations, which you know as as an athlete, and I'm sure James knows that it, it's quite lonely, um, and that itself is a test in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but the process I had through that was I've been through worse. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I've been through. Ten times worse, and, and 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 I've been tested all the time. So my my mindset was just to small steps every day, just try and be better every day, um, and 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 I'll get there eventually. And, and if I don't, you know, it is what it is, and and we'll adapt to the next situation. Um, and and that's not to say that there were some low points in my career, uh, low points in the times where I was injured, because um, you know I've not got. Uh, without going into too much detail, you know, I never got um, treated the, the 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 way I should or the way I thought I should have been. Um, but you look at it in the grand scheme of things, I've been through worse, and um, I always had that gratitude at the back of my head. And um, I'm a big believer of you know being honest with myself, hard working, and and caring for people. Yeah, there's um there's a number of things in there, Dom. That like working with you and knowing you for the the period I have, I remember meeting you and and you described or or introduced yourself as hello mate. I'm I'm Bash brother number one, and and this is Bash brother number two, and and that was that was you and Jack. And um, I I never forget kind of um that that day and, and looking at you both just thinking christ like these two are not only they're going to be a handful but you know what what a kind of chuckle brother setup that you were together you know I, mean? um, it, I suppose it's just nice uh it, it's really it, it it cements what you and jack are about together because you know you talk so passionately about him and i, I know he would with you um and i think it's really important you know everyone in their life has that person that they're willing to 
share a little bit more to or, or yeah. open up to. Now that, that yeah. might be my older brother, it might be my younger brother, it might be one of my mates, but I, I think there is always that someone that would give you the time of day mm-hmm. if you opened up your, your heart and said, mate, I'm struggling here. And, and it sounds like Jack and, and the guy from Wigan there were, were two of the blokes that you really felt comfortable with. Yeah, 100%. I think, you know, you, you know yourself, me and Jack was, uh, well, like two peas in a pod. And um, I don't class him as a mate. His, his family is my brother and um, he always will be. Um, and, you know, I, I could ring him now and it'd, it'd, be, it'd be on his way down. So, um, you know, how I see it with with talking to people, you know, if, if you fizz, if you fizz up a fizzy bottle, you know, a fizzy coke bottle and you open it, it's going to explode. And that's because you're not speaking to anyone and letting your emotions out. But if you, you know, gradually, you know, let your emotions and you speak to people and that's kind of unfizzing the, the fizziness, if, if that makes sense, the, the analogy. So, you know, you, you've got to you, you've got to, you've got to learn to speak to someone, and, and whether that is some some close member or um, a teammate, or th- there are people out there. Th- there's there's groups, what um, Facebook groups, WhatsApp groups, you know, charities who you can speak to. It's just having the courage to, because again, it's it's stigmatised that you have to be this big, you know, proud man, keep your feelings in, and you know, I'll get through it. You know, gone gone are the days of them. Mm. You know, because it's causing too many lives to be lost. Mm. It's causing too many problems with families breaking up. And um, yeah, I had uh, Jack. Jack was my rock, and Meg, Megan was my my ultimate rock. And um, yeah, I think you've just got a bit. You've just got to be open to be vulnerable to to the people who's closest to you, and 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 stay true to yourself and tell the truth because. You know, how many times have you gone past someone and gone, you know, are you, do, are you doing Dalbo? Yeah, I'm all right. But are you all right, really? So mm-hmm. I'll put it up, you know, us, are you all right? You might not be all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, having that having, having that awareness of saying, because that's just a common common answer. Yeah, I'm okay. Yeah. Well, you're not, but because you've been through X, Y, and Z, do you need a chat? Yeah, we'll go for a coffee. Yeah. Then, then you're offloading it. It, it. It's kind of, you know, we need to get rid of this this stigma of, of you know not opening up and and, I, and I'm the same. I need to do it more often. Mm-hmm. But I find that my journaling, you know, I offload that way. That's my way of therapy because I'm getting my feelings out there. I don't like that clinical setting. I've yeah. been with counsellors. I've been with psychiatrists. I've been with psychologists. You know, I've tried all that. You know, uh, but I find that. I don't like that clinical setting. So my clinical setting is writing down beginning and end of every day of how I feel, thoughts and feelings. Mm. So that's good for me. And I think that that works all the time. Yeah, yeah. So you you, you briefly touched on it there about groups that are around and organisations that are set up. And I I know you're part of a uh, organisation and a charity called Strongmen. and I, I know you've spoke very, uh, yeah, proudly about them and, and and what they stand for. So just briefly, you know, what what is that organisation about? And um, just for people to to be aware of them. Yeah, mate. So it's it's um it's a charity run by two two blocks who was in SAS Who Does Wins, Efren Brennan and Dan Cross. 
think it was season two and season three, the Ecuador and Morocco uh, series. Um, and it's a charity for people who have suffered through mental health issues or problems through bereavement and grief. Um, and they create a platform where um, you can speak to each other about thoughts and feelings. And, you know, th there's groups on that. There's man-to-man uh, -man sport, man-to-man uh, peer people you can speak to, phone calls, WhatsApp groups, um, and they run weekends. It's a bit difficult, obviously, COVID-related, but um, I went on one in 2019, and um, I've never been on anything so powerful. You know, mm. that you, you've got a bunch of 30 guys who don't know each other, and you're walking up a mountain up Snowden, and they're telling you about, they're telling you things that they've never told the life. You know, so it's, it, it's quite powerful, um, and... To this day, I still get texts thanking me or uh, saying, you know, you're the first person I've told about what I've been through. Um, and they're just creating a platform and trying to destigmatize that it's okay to speak about it. Mm. You know, it's better to speak about it. It's, you know, it's good to speak about it and you, you're not alone. I think that's the big message. You, you, you're not alone. Um, I don't know if, if you know about Dan, but he, he had he had a pretty rough time, and um, I'm sure he'll be on the podcast soon, and he can explain that. But um, yeah, you, you, uh, there's some pretty rough stories out there, um, but it's it's a great charity to be involved with, and if anyone's you know ever struggling, just it's it's strong men on Instagram and Twitter and LinkedIn, so get in touch, guy, drop him an email, and and um, they'll be sure to help you out. Yeah, it sounds like a brilliant movement that does. Yeah, yeah, it does, doesn't it? Definitely. Um, so look, mate, we've, we've hijacked enough of your evening uh, to today, mate. So I suppose just to kind of wrap this up, we're, we've got uh, a golden advice kind of question and then just finish on some quick fire ones, mate. So for anyone who may listen to this and are struggling out there at the moment with their own things going on, whether it's grief, um, depression, suicidal thoughts, you know, what, what would be your bit of advice for that individual right now? Um, speak to someone, speak to someone who, anyone, you know, who, who, who you have in your life. Um, I think a big thing what I had when I was dealing through my grief is, um, you know, there's no right or wrong way to deal with grief. You know, you, you, there isn't. You know, you know yourself, James. It's you cry. You can cry. You can stay in bed all day. You know, you can you can do whatever you want. But I think the overriding thing is is is, is you've got to be vulnerable. You've got to be you've got to be open to to speak to someone. Um, and that's anyone. Reach out to someone and and be honest. Be accountable for yourself. And and you know, have that drive in yourself to. To, to make yourself feel better because um, have that belief that you you will feel better because you know um, you're living proof and, and and I'm living proof um, and you know what you've been through James is is heartbreaking in itself and um, you know the way you've dealt with it it's it's actually inspiring and uh, you know we, we've had many chats about it before so um, but yeah I think the main one is just to talk to talk to someone about it and. Um, kind of just just have a bit of belief in yourself and a bit of drive yeah 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 
Rob, do you want to start on a... Yeah, yeah, so we've got, um, I think there's four or five uh, pretty quick, short, sharp questions that we're going to yeah. run with, and um, they're only short answers, and just uh, say whatever comes in the top of your head. Um, yeah. So there's four of them, so we'll fire away. So f- forget your like career ambitions at present. To yeah. you, what does personal success in life look like? happiness yeah <laughs> yeah just sure. being happy i think um i think people measure success by um materialistic things um i think for me it's internal mm-hmm. um i look at it as if, if you know you 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 base yourself on earning um, there's a study I think I, I, I was hearing a podcast about with Adam Peter there's a study if you earn a, over a certain amount I think it's 50 or 60k you know anything over that can't make you any happier because yeah. you're chasing yeah. you know you buy a, a new car what you've seen for two years and you actually buy it two years later the new model will come out and you want that so yeah. it's not attainable so for me um, happiness is key for me to success I think you know, if you're happy in what you do, you, you're going to succeed and you, you're going to want to get out of bed and um, go that extra mile. Perfect. And, and on that theme then, what, what makes Don Crosby truly happiest? Family. Mm-hmm. Family. Just, um, I think I'm just truly grateful to, to have the people I have around me. Um, I'm grateful for, um, you know, what I've achieved, um, and I'm I'm proud of myself. And it's it's funny, you know, the timing of this because I said I said the other day, you know, this is probably the the lockdown I'm dealing with the the hardest. Um, you know, my work hours at work have been cut down because schools have been shut. Um, you know, the gyms are closed, so it's harder to get you know kind of your your physical your physical stuff in, and um, you know people are talking about, you know, lockdowns and stuff, but, um, yeah, family, I think it's just having gratitude for who's around you. Mm. Um, for me, having my son there every day is like my best mate. And every time I look at him, you know, he's a spitting image of me, but, um, can we can him. hear him in the background. <laughs> yeah. You sound like he's uh, having a whale of a time there. Yeah. Yeah. He's a spitting image of me, but, um, but yeah, just, just having him and my wife, uh, being there to support me for every for every obstacle I've been through, um, that is what truly makes me truly what makes me happy. Nice. So, question three then, jumping out of um, the happiness theme, if you weren't in your current profession, and we'll say you know ex rugby player, so if it, you weren't a rugby player, you weren't head of year nine, mm-hmm. what what is it you could see yourself doing? What would you be doing? Uh, probably, probably ultimate goal is um, running um, running a charity mm-hmm. um, regarding baby loss awareness and mental health um, and kind of pushing 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 it that way. Um, I think that's something what I want to do and I can see myself doing and that's a purpose I have um, and that's a fulfilment what is a goal of mine. Um, I think there's a lot of work going out and there's a lot of awareness on it, but there still needs to be, especially in times like over the last, you know, 
12 months that it could be it could, could have been more applicable so for me it, it is just um helping people uh, i know it sounds so cliche but if i could help someone who's you know been through what i've been through to make them feel better and then that that's my job completed and again i, I talk about legacy and you know I, I, I want my kids to look back and go you know what my dad was you know he helped people and he worked hard and uh, he, he was honest and true, stayed true to himself. So, yeah, um, it's helping people. If 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 he asked me that when I was probably younger, I was, I'd probably probably be a tradesman, something like that. You know, on, on the tools, on the uh, on the spanners, grafting. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, no, without rugby, um, which I think a lot of people, you know, struggle with retirement mm. but I think with what I've been through it's taught me taught me a lot I think a lot of pe- a lot of rugby players and this is not all rugby players but by the way they define themselves by being a rugby player you know they define themselves by putting them on a pedestal and you know people are liking the tweets and you know liking the posts and they're saying you know getting loads of gratification off people but I'm just a person who plays rugby I'm just you know I'm just a, a Joe Bloggs who who's lucky enough to to represent his hometown and play for three great clubs with with you know enriching great history and successful clubs. So I'm just lucky about that. Um, and yeah, I just I just count the blessings every day really, and I'm proud of proud of what I've achieved. Yeah, for sure. And in regard to personal success or career success. What what do you think is one of the most critical characteristics of success? Um, critical characteristics. Um, I think honesty. Um, hard work. Um, and going the extra mile. I think you've with success and. In, in my team sport is you've got to be honest and you've you've got to be you've got to be hard working you've you've got to be willing to go that extra mile and um i think it goes a long way in life you know i think it's a good building building block for the rest of your life um i think if you look at any successful sports athlete or businessman you know they've always been hard working you know you know yourself. I know you work. You work like a dog sometimes, Del boy. Uh, Looks uh, like one as well. You no, know, if you're honest with yourself, at times I think. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I think you've got to be honest with yourself. You know, if if you've got to have a hard conversation with someone, have the conversation with someone, um, and just stay true to yourself. Um, and that 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 in a nutshell is, is probably how I define. How I define it is my characteristics is, you know, I, I'm honest, I'm hardworking and I'm caring. Um, and that's what I pride myself on. Um, and that's how I define success. And um, I think if I keep cracking away and chipping away, that I think, you know, opportunities have come my way. Mm. Um, but I think you can't put more emphasis on your physical well-being, your mental well-being and your sleep, you know, and... I said this a lot to a lot of people who who I've spoken to is get rid of the negative influences in your life. So if you're spending too much time on your phone, 
you know, limit your, limit your time on your phone, read a book. You know, if someone's causing you, you know, a different or an energy what you you don't want, get rid of it, you know, because ultimately it, 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 you're, you, you know, you're your own vessel um, and you're what's going on in your head and you, you don't have to justify yourself to anyone or prove yourself to anyone because your happiness lies within yourself. So I think you've you've got to, one, find out what works for you with your self-care routine and your, your resilience toolbox, you know, and that yours will be different to mine, you know, obviously. Um, but too many times I've tried it before where, oh, that looks good and he's, he seems like he's happy. I'll try that, but it's not worked for me. So it's all it's all about learning and, and evolving in that way. Um, but yeah, I think for success, I think you, you've got to be hardworking, go the extra mile and uh, you've got to be honest with yourself and, and other people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, uh, I'll, um, Seems, have, have you got anything to, to add uh, to wrap it up or? Just to say thanks. I, honestly, that was, uh, what has it been like an hour of your time? And it's just been absolutely amazing to hear your story and hear how open you are about kind of describing everything, but listening to how you've developed through it. And the thing that really struck me, mate, was just the fact that after all of that you've come out of it and you just really want to help other people and I think that's so admirable like um, the utmost respect for you because that's just amazing to come through all of that and use it and put the energy that you you get from it into trying to help other people through it is just amazing um, and I'm sure I hope there's just going to be like you said even if there's one person out there who gets like a shred of help from this then it'll be it'll be more than it's, it's job done and um yeah, just just want to say thanks. I think. Yeah. No, thank no thanks for having me on, fellas. And it's um, I think the work you're doing is is awesome. And if there's anything I can do from from any point of view, just let me know. But um, thanks for having me on, and it, and it's been a pleasure. Yeah. No, I've just finished there, Dom, and I've I've known you a few years now, and and the one thing I'm seeing here, mate, is your test of character and. You, you talk about challenges in your career and injuries and setbacks. You know, you, you've got to look yourself in the mirror with an unbelievable amount of, um, you know, respect for yourself. And, you know, for you to come on tonight, mm -hmm. talk about what you've had to talk about so eloquently. Um, you know, it's unbelievable, mate. It's, it's, a, it's amazing to see where you are now and, and your vision and your drive and your motivation to go on and be successful. And, you know, you should really stand proud of, of who you are, mate, because it's, it's, it's brilliant to see. It's, it's so, uh, no, I really appreciate that, mate. Honestly, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm not even, um, I'm, you know, I, I know there will be people that will listen to this and mm -hmm. uh, and reach out I'm, I'm confident and you've got a very very bright couple of years ahead mate i think you'll be snapped up by a charity i think there'll be people that want to get you involved in loads of stuff so um get ready to be bombarded pal <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah. Um, i appreciate that man no, i just want to i just like i said i just want to i just want to help people and you know it's been a, it's been a pleasure coming on here and um you know keep doing what you're doing fellas yeah. And I'll be swinging in for a coffee next time I'm in Leeds. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'll treat you. Yeah. I'll treat you to a coffee and a cake. <laughs> and, uh, and, and likewise, Dom, if there's anything we can do for yeah. to, to help your, you know, the coffee shop out and and the the charities and stuff like that, then let us know. It's um, sharing's caring in in this world at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, hundred percent, man. Top man. Appreciate that. Great. Cheers, man. So, Siebs, we've um, we've just finished there with Dom, um, mate. For for me. Um, yeah, a little bit kind of lost for words, I guess. You know, I, I I knew Dom at Warrington well and worked with him closely there, but seeing him now and knowing what he's been through and and being there in the club, seeing him come into the club in 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 the in the horrible days that that it was, but now seeing how he is now, it's just unbelievable and it, it's so positive. It like the the way that that man's brain is wired, mm. be able to process the situation, to to say to us tonight that things happen for a reason. You know, it's just someone's giving me the challenge. Mm. Someone's trying to test my character. And, and for him to explain it like that after what he's been through with injuries, you know, not being treated how he thought he should have done through his career and, and then obviously losing Ada, it's but just... Yeah, they also had a, a, a miscarriage. He, he mentioned a miscarriage as well. Yeah, I mean... It's just look, unbelievable. There's no bones about it. That, that is a bloke who, for the last couple of years, has had a very, very, mm. very tough period. But for him to then sit there and say, there's other people that are going through this as well. You know, I'm not the only one. Mm. You know, other rugby players get injured, other people have miscarriages, other families lose, you know, children. Yeah. It, it It's just amazing. Like, it's, you know, I feel really passionate to yeah. support Dom in, in whatever he wants to go on and do now. And, yeah. you know, that that is a man that deserves everything that he wants and, and he should get it. Yeah, it was, it literally was truly empowering because we were just sitting here, just the three of us on, on a Zoom chat and he... He's obviously a big bloke, but he sits there kind of quite um, not overly energetic, not in a bad way, but he looks quite, you know, uh, calm. But the amount of power and the amount of um, passion he got across and the amount of, I don't know, it just filled you with the desire to, I don't know, run through brick walls almost because he, like you said, he'd gone through the bereavement of losing his first child a miscarriage, various injuries, not being treated right by, or not, you know, going through a bit of a turbulent time in his actual career, then having to retire earlier, starting in a new field and whatever, that in, in the space of three years, three and a half years, is one hell of a journey. But then to be able to use all of that energy and sit here and chat to two lads on a podcast and both of them come out of here feeling truly inspired by it is is remarkable. Um. I mean, I spent the entire time writing down notes and I could see you doing the same, but there's literally, we could spend another half an hour trying to pick, pick to pieces exactly how he's managed to navigate, really, that three and a half year journey he's on or has been on and is still going on. But the the main things that jumped out at me were, the, the, the first bits were the similarities that overlap with what Brad said in our first episode and what Kirsty Sarah said in our second episode about giving giving your brain something to do. And I mean, you mentioned mentioned it to me before about when, when your dad sadly passed away that you occupied yourself with your PhD. And it seems that it's a common thread that 
people are trying to give their brain something to do to preoccupy itself so it doesn't spend its time thinking about what 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 it's gone through and then he very quickly said um you know and while i was doing that i get it, it gave me time to reflect on what had happened and what i'd been through and it's exactly what brad and exactly what kirsty said again that it's time has enabled him to develop as he puts it this this toolbox and then at that point i think it's where the repair process begins and it's the resilience then starts when he's developed that toolbox that's where the repairing begins and from there like he, he goes on he talks about em, um empathy the the gratitude stuff that he does um getting out and about the journal that he does every morning and evening um spending time going to see you know Ada's um graveyard and stuff to to go through the whole process again speaking with his friends and family they're all in his toolbox and the main thing that struck me was all of that has come together to give Don Crosby a proper purpose in life and I think that's the bit that struck me the most was he's got this drive in him now to help people and you can see this whole thing um he said himself like that um things happen for a reason and it's almost as though however horrible it is it's like this this whole thing this whole scenario is given uh, happened to give Don Crosby a purpose in life and that purpose is to help people and you can almost see it through step by step how he's given himself time immediately after how it happened to reflect he developed his toolbox and he started to repair you know his mind and how everything had gone together he put the jigsaw back together and he ended up with his purpose to help people and that is just yeah you sit there with your jaw open listening to some of it and I, I just truly hope there's people out there that can get something from it or can be inspired by it or can develop their own cope, coping mechanisms like he has um, and it can help them get get themselves through some pretty tough times because... Yeah, yeah, definitely. And the, and the toolbox is, you know, it's a great thing for people to be aware of and... You know, we, we, we've all got our own things that make us happy and, mm. and get us up out of bed every day and, and and give us that happy feeling in life. You know, everyone's got those different uh, factors mm. that are unique to them. And, you know, he's, he's clearly articulated there how he's wrapped them up into this, yeah. this toolbox or this care package. Um, and, and, you know, you... you open the lid you open the lid when yeah. you need it and and you you get one out and you know you play with it for a little bit and then it helps you get through and then yeah, you put it yeah. away and you you maybe come back to it another day and yeah I, there's certain things there that massively resonated with me when he was talking about that and and certainly other people that i spoke to about uh, grief or losing someone um but also just going through tough times so yeah i've, I've you know i, I think we I feel quite honoured tonight that we had Dom come on and, and share that with us. Mm. Um, you know, he, he said actually, didn't he, that he's, it's probably the first time that he's done yeah. it yeah. Um, on a podcast. And yeah, I, I don't want to rab it on too much, but it, it was an amazing yeah. discussion with him. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, truly grateful for him coming on. Um, and he, without a doubt, is going to do some brilliant work going forward in the future as his the strongman charity that he's an ambassador for um, me and James have both checked them out and they're doing some brilliant work so 
Don mentioned where you can find them, but just simply Googling Strongman uh, Charity Mental Health will we'll get you there, get you onto their website if you if you need them. And, but do definitely check them out. And um, as for us, we are on Apple Podcasts, uh, on Spotify under Mindside Performance Podcast. You can catch us on Twitter at Mindside Podcast. Or you can check me, James, or Dave Older, who works behind the scenes on editing everything. And we are also on Twitter. Um, but for now, we hope you enjoyed the episode. And please uh, share, like, provide comments and any feedback because they really do help us. But for now, I hope you enjoy the episodes going forward. Cheers.